I don't have, I, I really did not have, I was never considered cute. I couldn't get a prom date, nothing. I was in an all white school and I was a hunchback because I didn't have, my hair was too, I didn't, they didn't have good hair products for me. Felicia's face. Hunchback, my lord. I'm telling you. I'm telling Maya, you. If you were in a black school back then, you would have been king. So that's the reason why I became a comedian because my self-esteem is like, I was, I'm like, Back myself in my in my vision, no one did me. I couldn't stupid. <laughs> oh, and my hair, my mother tried to put relaxers in my hair, which were too harsh. So the only thing she could do was Vita point my hair. So she'd part it down. I had like three pigtails. The, the bangs would be here. She rolled those up here, and then I had two pigtails here and, and the braids and and so and then she'd let it go, and then it would be this giant poof, and then. <laughs> called me monster and told everybody I had lice and they used to throw rocks and I have black eyes. My mother had to come up to the school and straighten everybody out, but we were the only black family in the neighborhood. So she'd come up like, I need to straighten out the principles. You know there was one really mad white guy who was trying to figure out how to talk to you, stand up for you and let you know how cool you were. <laughs> okay, the first one was this kid when I went to boarding school and he asked me out and by that time I was so traumatized that You're I like, oh. leave him and my friend Michelle, <laughs> Tim, like, how dare you ask her out and pretend you like her? Like, cause that's- Oh, oh no. Oh. <laughs> Who's traumatized now? <laughs> Poor kid. Oh, you, he liked me till my Def Jam. When I taped Def Jam, I took my sister's blazer out. I put on this other outfit. And then all of a sudden, literally I went from nobody liking me to everybody hitting on me. And I was like, oh my God, you didn't like me before. So then I, yeah, I have issues, man. I have issues. <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. People sign uh, issues. Yeah. Believe it. It's hard to believe. I grew up in uh, these chocolate cities, so mm -hmm. you know, light skin was just in. I mean, my best friend is, uh, they always thought he was like Spanish and he's just, he was a black dude who somehow got a, he was light skin with good hair. So, <laughs> the red I mean, bones. Yeah, the red bones. So all the girls would pass me up. They'd be like, uh, I'm sorry, I want to talk to Curly Top because that was his name, Curly Top. Really? And so, yeah, he, he looked like, uh, Boo looked like Hector Camacho. I don't know if anybody ever knew Hector Camacho. Yeah. Hector but he was a Spanish boxer, boxer and he used yeah. to wear, he used to wear a little peak in the front. Oh, and, really? And, got and Boo looked just like him. So girls would go nuts when he would come around. And, mm. I, and so that's when I tried to get a jerry curl. Is that why you don't have no hair? No. <laughs> how old? Fact, how old? I was you? I was probably about twelve, thirteen. You know. Ah, uh, so you you had a Jerry curl? At, did you did you have a successful one or you? Well, it was horrible. Oh, that shit was bad. Like my my grandmother tried and tried, and she was like, "Baby, your hair's just nappy. There's nothing we can do." <laughs> Baby, we're the straightening comb. <laughs> we might have to get this out there. <laughs> She's the, like, we might have to get this out. First, because I go spend time with my Italian grandparents. Yeah. And, and so then I go swimming and like, so whatever my mother had set up, like, you know, to last till she came back and got me, I'd hit that pool, <laughs> that chlorine would hit my head. And I couldn't even, like, it would bite my mother would come, they'd be like, we're gonna just, my mother would just be like, I'm just gonna have to cut, cut your hair. I'm gonna have to cut off all your, all your hair. So she cut off all my hair because I, it would just, I'd have like dreadlocks. It was, I would lock up. I'd have like little mats all over my head. 
And then I was tenderheaded. So then I'd be crying and she's threatening me with the brush because it was bad. I, I, I admire Pam. I look at her and it gives me peace of mind. Pam has that 70s sexy black woman bald look, you know, like back in the day when the models had just, they, yeah, yeah, just like, just the perfect head for that shit. Thank you. Thank you, mommy. Yeah. What, yeah. what was your, what was your uh, hair experience, uh, Pam? Did you have a bad hair experiences when you were uh, growing up in Brooklyn? Brooklyn. No, Brooklyn. In the ghetto in Brooklyn, we all had bad hair experiences. That was the natural. We didn't care about that. We love to have food to eat. We were good. <laughs> <laughs> Do a diabetic style. You had to eat, girl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I remember being ashamed of my mom, too, because my mom had dreads. And, you know, she would come to pick me up at school. And all the kids would be like, what kind of hair is your mother got? Like, what is that shit? Oh, no. and, and, and I would be like, that's not my mom. That's my aunt. Okay? That's and, my auntie. <laughs> and my mom would be like, what? You ashamed of my hair? And I remember being embarrassed by all that shit. Like my name, I would lie about my name. I would told people my name well, was Reggie. Wow, Reggie? Yeah, Reggie, used, I, I used to be Reggie because I didn't because they would tease me about Masavia. They would be like, "What kind of name is that?" I'm gonna call you Reggie for real. They would be like, "You, you." They'd be like, "You, you African?" I'd be like, "Hell no, I'm not African. I ain't got nothing to do with that." And, 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 and now I look back, I'm, I'm ashamed. I'm ashamed to know that I was embarrassed of my mom, who you know, and, and just having my name. I'm like, what? You know, it wouldn't matter today, but. As a kid, yeah. kids were yeah, like as a kid, mean yeah, they about that. Yeah, and if you were from Africa, they would fucking tease you. Like it was, it <laughs> was. I, I mean, like thinking about it, growing up, it was not that easy. Like with, you know, culturally had, being, you know, connected. So uh, just there was, there was, there was nobody. Like back, back when I was, you know, growing up with being mixed, it wasn't really a mix. It was like either you were one side or the other. So my parents were, but my sister had straight hair. She had like, my sister looks like kind of like the Apollonia, her casting calls like Apollonia, Irene Cara. It's like, it was hilarious. So she'd get, she, everybody loved her. She was gorgeous, but she had that olive skin and she had like this, you know, this straight hair and I had this big poof and peachy looking skin. It was just, uh, you know, it was just oh, no. issues. And she just was quiet. Issues. <laughs> came out when Prince came out with Purple Rain my sister went from quiet and hiding because she, she knew she would get jacked up like she watched me get jacked up because I would just stand up for myself but she was just uh really really quiet and then when Purple Rain came out all of a sudden everybody wanted to date her she was it just it switched all of a sudden she was uh -huh. you know so fickle we are I wore my hair in two plaits all the way back it didn't occur to me to be self-conscious until I was like 23 Someone was like, yo, your mom still does your hair. And I was just like, what? Um, and then I, I realized, I was like, oh, I've been rocking this since I was nine. I guess maybe I need to like step up the game a bit. Like, I was so confused. I was like, huh? My mom, like, what? She's not here. What are you and I was like, oh, they're um, disrespecting my innocence. I was just like out there, dingy. I was like, oh, bummer, so sad. Your mom, did, was she really doing your hair that long? 
No, my mom didn't do hair. She read books. <laughs> I just would part it down the middle and braid it back, like straight back, one on each side, call it a day. Like it was not a thing. And then I realized I was supposed to be paying attention. My mom passed one before I learned how to do my hair. And that was just, it was, I had a really rough teenage year. That's why I couldn't get a date. I was, I was just, my hair was just, it, it was really bad. I, I have, Heather, Heather, you didn't have that problem, did you? I had bad Because you're the quiet one. No, I had bad things. Like, in the 80s, because I have wavy hair, so my hair was like really long and wavy, and then I had bangs, and the bangs would just like curl up or do some weird, or my mom would try and blow them out, and then they'd be the feathered, like the 80s feathered curtain look at that. For oh, yeah. Um, it was very, yeah, that was my big issue was my bangs. And then once I cut my hair off, when I was like six, I cut off all my hair. I said, I want to cut my hair off. We went, I found a picture I wanted. My mom said, are you sure you want to do this? I said, I want to look like that picture. And the lady cut all my hair off. And then I started crying like hysterically. And my mom, my mom took me home and made me call the hairdresser back and apologize. <laughs> So the hairdresser was crying too. <laughs> I was crying, and the hairdresser started crying because I was crying. And then I went to school the next day, and this girl next to me was like, "You look ugly like that." <laughs> started crying again. My God, started crying again, right? That was. <laughs> that was I like, always had these bouts of self-confidence until with. somebody was paying attention. Like I'd be super self-confident. I remember I had these painter pants. Remember painter pants? And they were sunshine yellow, and I was in love with them. <laughs> I had complained from about right after school till about right mm -hmm. after dinner. We got to go to, you know, whatever store. We got to go get, I have to buy these painter pants. I have to buy these painter pants, you know? So finally, at the very last minute, I run in and I get these painter pants and they're bright yellow. So then I took all these magic markers, permanent markers, and I drew rainbows and butterflies and <laughs> balloons and all this crap all over my pants. Then I had a panic attack and I'm in the bathroom scrubbing them, trying to get the painting out of the pants. So I'm up to like midnight trying to scrub all my coloring out of the pants. Then I just had to wear them because my dad was like, you made me go to the store and get you. And I, I went to school and I was just traumatized. Like, are they going to be a hit? Are they going to be a miss? Like just this like horrifically unsuccessful fashion designing nine-year-old, you know? <laughs> And they suck. Nobody liked them. Everybody's like, why Nobody liked them. And by the end of the day, I liked it because everybody said something. But it was a rough day. Otherwise, was, I'm checking on Marky. I'm trying to see what's going on. It was a rough day. <laughs> what did you say? I'm trying to see what's going on with Mark here. I don't know. No, Maya, what did you say? I, th I said, I, I have pictures of your bad bangs. Am I allowed? <laughs> you do? Oh, let's see. Please, can we see? Bad bangs. Oh, I know. I'm gonna hold those. Go ahead. Was that oh. oh, yeah. She was so sweet and kind. What's with the, the look, hair. Heather? Blow What's out the bangs. The... <laughs> she was always like very like. Look how sweet she was. Look at this little picture. That's that was... what I'm. She's so... like a Cindy on a Brady Bunch. Got those deep set eyes, y'all. Don't be fooled. You know the real Heather was there then too. What? Well, yeah. Deep set those eyes are. You know. Yeah, her mother. Her mother put her in the frills, but she was like, "I'm a hoofer. Give me those tap shoes." Exactly. <laughs> well, I remember. What you say? The first time I wanted to wear pants at Christmas. Oh my God! I we've been shopping for my Christmas outfit, and I wanted pants, and it was like the end. It was like the end of the world because I wanted pants <laughs> <and> dress. <laughs> I was like nine. 
get in there. Felicia, you grew up in DC, right? Yeah, I grew up in between like DC and the Midwest, like bouncing back and forth. But I was like, um, I was like, yeah, I was a Georgia Avenue, <laughs> you know, um, kid. <laughs> That's kind of a secret. But yeah, no, DC was really lit back then. It was still chocolate on top of chocolate with some chocolate in there, plus a little bit of chocolate. <laughs> city. Chocolate city. Everybody. Chocolate city. No, no, you know, sneak out the window and go to the go-go and try to just get in there so you could dance and be underage and all that stuff. They do that? Oh, yeah, we would do that, you know. Yeah, We'd sneak out. Oh, my God, it would be so much fun. But the danger we were in just kind of was way over my head. I didn't realize. We had, we'd just get in. They'd be like, oh, we'd be like, we're 18. And they'd be like, yeah, huh? Sure, yeah. You know, just come on in. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> we just dance and sneak back home. The hardest part was getting back in the window. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> After the fun, you're all hyper and having fun. We weren't even high. We were just like all like lit from running around and being chased by pedophiles, our older hot guys, and you know. <laughs> <laughs> then we'd have to like calm our energy down so that we could crawl back into the hole of discipline and get back in the window. Not the fun part. Did you did you ladies ever see the older guys as being pedophiles, like the college guys when you were in high school or junior high? Nope, they were just hot. Nope. <laughs> nope. Hot, 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 hot. Nobody and your guy friends would pluck you out. You'd be like, fuck you. I was having fun. You know. Nobody's old enough to drive. You gotta walk your yeah. ass back home. Hey, get home. You're on a block, I'll tell your mother. Yeah, I didn't know they were creeps. I just thought they were hot. Hey, uh, you know. That's no. real that's real talk, you know. It was horrible. Yeah. I n nobody paid attention to me. It didn't. I didn't really have that. Uh, I can't believe this, Maya. Hunchback. I was hunchback way late. It's really embarrassing. And then getting into clubs. I was in boarding school, so and I was such a nerd. I, all I wanted to do was like be a filmmaker. So my Fridays and Saturdays were martial arts. So then I'm like doing martial arts and then like late at night in a park or something, like randomly. It's like it was. I was really not cool. My sister was very cool. She got into every club. My sister was beautiful. They all loved her. Me. Forget it, forget it. Did you borrow her cool ever? Did you ever like use her like your cool card? Like did I? My, <laughs> my Jeff Jam, I took her wardrobe and just went in and I'm gonna act. <laughs> but that was late, that was late. Mm. No, my cool card didn't work anywhere. It's like, I, I, I don't, I think I still don't have it. You know, it's very strange. I still don't have my cool card, so. I saw you on the list. I, I was sure I saw you on the list. No, no, my father people father was my father i come out of the boston comedy club there'd be clubs i couldn't get into around town and my dad would get into he'd be outside the club the door guy would be like oh your father just left like i could <laughs> father was the coolest guy my mother got in they were i i come from really cool parents really cool sister and i've been just kind of like the geeky nerd so late bloomer very late i partied with maya's dad in vegas one night what <laughs> That one. Ooh, no, all the secrets come out. And he Do was, tell. I think he came to Vegas and then Maya and I like went to go see him and oh my, he had us out. He was on the center of the dance floor. Like <laughs> all these like women around him. He was, yeah. He's, he knows how to be <laughs> the center. He was I remember being in a coffee shop one morning and uh, some girls were talking about some hot, some older women were talking about some hot guys that they were 
talk and they were talking about my father which I didn't know we were just having breakfast at like this place you know and it was like the booth next to us and they're going on and on and then you know me and my friend looked at each other and they were like she was like yeah I was like wait a minute what and we started listening to him we're like oh snap these old thoughts are talking about my dad it was so funny it's such a weird concept like yeah, I'm, like we, I, I go to the bar, even in Vegas, he would like, he's at the bar, he's buying everybody shots. And then he's in the middle of the dance floor. And my father could really, he was a, like a mambo dancer. During Great dancer. The, so he's like real smooth, does all those, like doesn't overdo anything. It, it, you know, I remember being a kid in, in Puerto Rico and Saturday Night Fever was hot. And then <laughs> I went to the hotel down in San Juan and he's in the middle of the dance floor at the nightclub and everyone's surrounding him. And it was, it was crazy. I mean, and, and then it was really embarrassing because he said, I'll never forget, he got drunk in Vegas and he's like, we've always, my family just has been one of those mixed families. Like, we're not going to talk about race. We're not going to talk about anything. He's not going to talk about being an Italian immigrant coming to America, never discuss anything. So my father on the dance floor, he had, he was, he had a few tequilas and he's like, come on, show me some of that soul. And he's like bumping me across the dance floor. And I'm like, oh my God. And I'm like, dad. This is really, yeah, he's wild and people love him. You know who he's friends with? You guys know, <laughs> he's friends with Greer Barnes friends. Like uh. Barnes has like these home, these, these guys he would roll with. My father went to Ibiza and like party with these guys and they all came off the plane. My sister was like, he is too old to be. Remember? What are the chances? What are the what? I mean, what are the chances you get to interface with your parents' wild side? I mean, that's kind of cool. Like I remember all the conga drums and all the musicians, and just all the wild times, and just being like this off-limit little child person running around sucking up on. You know, these guys are playing horns. They've got you know, probably sure. doing oh, God only knows what they were doing. But interfacing with grown-ups and their sexuality, and they're actually your parents, and they have this whole. I don't know. I didn't. It didn't read when I was a kid. It only read afterwards. Like, oh my god, these were wild times. Yeah. I felt the same way. Like, I like my mom when when we'd walk it, we go in through the city. Everybody be whistling and chasing. Like my mother and my mother really like she <laughs> even in that she was always fabulous. She'd have on like fabulous heeled slippers, high heel slippers, high heel sneakers. She was she was. Uh -huh. Always, who's a Leo? Pam, Pamela can rip. You know, she's yeah. A, I know you're gonna say that. Wait for that part to come. She always, always had jewelry. On, was rattling. She had a bossa nova beat just walking across the floor. She, she'd have a beat when she'd whoop your ass. You know what I mean? Who's <laughs> <laughs> trying to keep up with that rhythm in her soul? Yeah, there, there you go, right? There you go. Yeah. So then when we're in the city and everyone was like, every place we're like, oh hey, and like every group. And it was just like, it was kind of unnerving because she just, she just, she didn't have a problem with being the center of attention and being as beautiful as she could be and having fun and, and never- Of course she did not, of course not. Um, and I can't live up to that. That's why I'm here like right now. I'm like, my hair's uneven, my shirt's blah, blah, blah. And she'd be like, Maya, would you please get it together, please, at your age and think that you- Please, Maya. <laughs> <laughs> and we all know I, this woman. I, I'm, trying, I'm trying to figure exactly out what's going right. on here. Because uh, normally he's pretty good on time, right? But oh, I don't know, but I'm having a good time talking about our childhood our memories. Parents. I found a picture of my mom. It's like my favorite. I post it on Facebook, I think, every her birthday every year so that all her friends see it. But it's a picture of her I found from a club in L.A. in the 60s. 
and she's got on white go-go boots, hot pants, like a tight like top with her hair ironed straight, like down to the (laughs) down to her um like back. It's like it's so and she's dancing with this guy in this Polynesian restaurant. (laughs) It's so awesome. It's like my favorite pictures. She's like, oh, it's so embarrassing. I know she loves it. Yeah, I had a friend I had, that had, and my I had mom a broke out with karaoke in Spanish. I was like, what's going on here? <laughs> well, what is this about? <laughs> and all the drunk guys were like, what? And I was like, okay, okay. Out with yeah, it. I had, I, had that, I had that friend who had that hot mom and he, all the guys would be hitting on his mom and he'd be like, stop looking at my mother like that. What? And they'd be like, well, tell your, mom, t- tell your mom stop wearing those jeans there. Right. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Heather's father is really cool too. Heather's father is really like unique. He's got like he looks like he looks like one, like a football player. So he's real tall. He grew up in the hood, which is hilarious. So like this dude can barbecue like hell. But he's cool. Like he's cool. Like he never goes. He never goes too fast and anything. He just he's always just calm and it's just like I'm like this dude is so so. Well, actually, the first time I, I met her dad, we were in uh, we were in Vegas. We screened our film. And we were up at um, the top of what was the what was the hotel? Was oh, it? the Ghost Bar at the Palms. Palms, and we're up there, and he was just like, he, he was like the coolest dude. That's that's what's funny is because I it's like to to see like how real, like laid back. Like her father, her father's intense too. Because if somebody messes with you, you he just has this this booming deep voice, and he was a singer, so he has like this booming voice, and then people just like. You don't mess with him. Like nobody messes with him. He just—he looks like he's sweet looking, but he looks like he could just like crush you, you know, without even blinking. With like fearless and never raising his voice. He never <laughs> raises his voice. Every daughter should have a like a terrifyingly fearless dad, you know. prerequisites. Yo. Hey. Hey, hey, hey. What's up, bro? What's going on, man? I'm sorry I'm late. <laughs> my son had my phone. <laughs> How you doing, brother? I'm good, I'm good. What's going on? What's going good on? Good to see you, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, um, bro. Are you, you're in New York, right? Yeah, I'm in New York. Okay, New York. okay. For some reason, I always thought uh, you were in, in L.A. or something because of the show. I'm, I'm back and forth, but I'm, I'm in New okay. York now in quarantine. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I was, I was sitting in, I'm sitting downstairs, and I'm like, I told my son he has the phone because he's Zooming with his buddy playing a video game. I was like, yo, hit me when, because I set my alarm. I said, hit me when the alarm. <laughs> he he called me. I was like, yo, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> he's like, my bad, my fault. I was like, dude, there's... <laughs> Nine-year-old. That's what I get. Oh, he's nine. He's nine. <laughs> he's like, Daddy, I, something did go off, but yeah, I don't I know. It's been going on. <laughs> <laughs> My bad. Uh, how's oh, everybody man. doing, though? Good, man. Good. It's good to see you, man. How you been? How you been holding up with all this, uh, all this stuff going on, man? I'm good, man. I'm trying to, you know what I'm saying? I'm trying to maintain in the... Uh... In the yeah. quarantine in New York, man, I stay. You gotta just, you gotta just get a regular regiment. That's what I do. Uh, okay. Every day, as long as you get a regular schedule, you won't go crazy. I get up every morning, uh, eat breakfast. I get my son ready for uh, for either class or summer school. Now it's uh, camp, and yeah. then at twelve thirty every day, I go into my room and I cry in the field. <laughs> as long as you got a regiment, you good. <laughs> <It's> my regiment. <laughs> I, I cry I, every day. <laughs> 
<laughs> in the fetal position. And I worked my core at the same time. It was really good. <laughs> hey, yo, so, so Mark, now that you're here, Maya, Maya is hosting the show. And so we're going to introduce everyone okay. and uh, give you a nice introduction. Oh, this is an interesting way to take this. We've been all talking about our, our childhood. Now we can throw all our questions. We tested our questions on each other. Okay. <laughs> I'm Maya DiGiorgio. I don't know if you know me, but hopefully you do because this is on my Facebook page and that would be just awkward. Like, who is this crazy? I'm a comedian. And um, also, uh, I, would, I would talk about trouble of the day, but we had a good warm up. So I don't think we need to discuss, do any kind of monologue stickiness. Um, right. If you're Right next to me, I feel like we're so Brady right now. Right next to me is Masavia Greer, who's producing the show. He's a, a comedian, therapist, and a friend of all of us that uh, has been a comedian himself, but he doesn't like to remember that. He blocked it out. And yeah, I, I definitely block it out, yes. Then <laughs> <laughs> um, me is Pamela Green, who was one of my best buddies from uh, comedy, uh, Uptown Comedy Club, actually Tracy. You guys have Tracy Morgan in, in common. Tracy got her in the stand-up comedy. So All right. Pamela. Um, then we have Felicia Chappelle, who is an actress and a writer and, uh, a, a, and also doing these brilliant uh, podcasts that are acting story podcasts and activists. She does everything. And we also have below her uh, Heather McConnell, who's a, a producer writer, but also a tap dancer is what she really is. She's really a, a, an insane, brilliant tap dancer. So, um, and everybody who's tuned in, uh, he's one of the writers from uh, The Last OG. He's been a comedian with us for so many years on so many shows. Give it up for Mr. Mark Theobald. Woo! Hey. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> you're doing, so you're, you're surviving the pandemic. Are you getting any writing done in this lockdown? Yeah, definitely, I'm doing, I'm doing a lot of writing. So uh, trying to stay busy. Um, Nothing else to do but write, so I'm just been, I've been doing some you probably writing. Probably wrote two shows by now. Yeah, probably no, I'm like working, that. yeah, I actually am. I'm working on my second one. <laughs> <laughs> nothing else to do. <laughs> There's nothing else to do. I'm just uh, I'm just sitting there waiting, man. We 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 don't know when this is gonna be over, so you hey, Mark, well did you, you did you create the last OG because I remember you had something a long time ago. No, 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 I no. did not. I, um, Tracy created it with Jordan Peele. Um, oh, okay, okay. But I, I think what you, what you, I don't know if you're talking about it, but um, I think what you're talking about, it's I, that's the show I pitched to your dude. I forgot your dude's yes. name. Daryl. What's his name? Daryl. His name was Daryl Spivey. Yes, Daryl Spivey. That, which is funny because that's the show that I pitched to him. I did end up, I ended up selling that show. <laughs> That's what I was so like, what the f tell, tell Daryl you don't know what he's doing. <laughs> I know. No, but you know what? But the, to be honest, Mustavia is uh everything is timing. It's just like jokes. You know how jokes work at certain times and they don't work at other times? Yes. It, it just didn't work at that time. But you were always a brilliant writer, Mark. Like you just I remember reading, I was like, this shit is fucking great, bro. Like I was telling him, talk to Al Roker and do something. Yeah, but you know, you know what it is with Al Roker because his production company was based on reality shows. Yeah, I don't know if anybody would have looked at Al and been like, "Yeah, pharmaceutical." <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Serious? I wouldn't have took him right. serious. So, right. so it's just, it's all about timing. You know? No, it is. I'm it not is. mad about him not getting it because it's just it, it's lots of people didn't get it. You know what I'm saying? My own yeah. manager who manages me now didn't get it when I first pitched it to him. So. Right. 
he ain't the only one. So right. You gotta get, you know, everything's timing. So, uh, so I mean, go so ahead, Maya. When did you go from, um, like, well, you've been a comedian. Talk, talk, talk to us a little bit about your comedy career and how you really, how these doors are starting to open for you. And, you know, it's inspiring to hear, you know, a little bit of your journey of when you started and, you know. Yeah, yeah I, well, I, I started doing stand-up. Uh, I started doing, um, I, I don't even know what year, but I, I started at Uptown Comedy Club, like a lot of other people. And that's where I first met uh, Tracy. Um, and then I, I quit actually after doing it for like a year. I quit. I was graduating from Hampton University and and went back to school. Then I went back to comedy. And when I went back, I started. Uh, I was really cool with Dean Edwards. And Dean, right after I came back, he got SNL. So I used to go up to SNL and write sketches for free. And and by me writing sketches for free, which by the way, none, none ever got on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> nothing. So, no, I got we got one, we got one sketch <laughs> over two years. <laughs> one. And we were so happy. But by me being up there hustling, Tracy saw me hustling, me and Todd Lynn, and he hired us to write his special. And that's how I got mm. connected with Tracy. And I uh, ended up writing three specials with him. And you know, doing my own thing on the side, just stand up wise. I ended up not being with Tracy for a while, then came back to him after he finished 30 Rock and we went on tour, started doing another special. And he was like, Yo, you got any movie ideas? And I did. And let me go back a minute. But um, while I was up at SNL, uh, I didn't see any black faces up there. And I was like, Man, we need we need writers. So so I just I started taking um courses at NYU, uh, screenwriting courses. Oh. Uh, and I always wanted to write. That wasn't something by mistake or accident. Uh, after I saw Do the Right Thing, I knew I wanted to write. I tried to write a script after I saw that movie. So oh. that was before I even picked up a mic. So I knew I was going to write. I just didn't know when. And uh, after I saw the lack of diversity, I was like, it's the time. That time is now. So I just started uh, going up to NYU. I would do that in between spots because NYU is right by the Boston. So I would just do, you oh, know, class and then right yeah. afterwards, I go right to the boys, right down the block. So it was, it was convenient. Right. So I would do that and uh, applied for a couple of programs. I uh, never got accepted for the Disney program or the ABC program. But when Tracy brought me back in tour, he asked me if I had any movie ideas. I said, yeah. And I ended up pitching to SDX, which is Bob Simon's company, which was just starting at the time. And he liked one of the ideas. And then he said, yo, I got this movie with Tracy and Eddie. I need somebody to rewrite it. You want to rewrite? And I was like, hell yeah. I was like, I'll do that. Eddie Murphy, you're damn right. So I, yeah. I rewrote it. And um, Eddie brought me and Tracy out to his crib to give us notes. He ended up not doing the movie. Um, but that's how I got, that's how I got really wow, got That's on. great, bro. Right. You know what I'm saying? What, so, what was that like though, bro? Like going out and just, when you when you went to his house, bro, that was like, yeah, it was crazy, kid. It was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Me and Tracy was like kids. We were like, yo, we at Eddie's house. <laughs> you know, it's funny. We was like, yo, Eddie is so rich. And we saw like this, we saw, we coming up to his crib. We saw this white lady picking his garden. We was like, yo, Eddie's so rich. We got white people doing his garden. <laughs> Bob was like, yo, that's his fiance. He was like, oh my God. <laughs> Just sitting Damn, there, bro. taking notes from Eddie, and it was like you know he passed on it. It was like 
that was like the best and worst day of my life because <laughs> it'd be he just said yes i had a bunch of money coming to me but he said you know he's like nah i want to do something different it was just like i was like oh i was so it was so it was like my knees buckled and i was sitting down because i was like damn yeah, he's a legend like eddie murphy is the he's a legend said. He he's is, a he's legend a, bro he is and i give i give tracy credit because that dude is like you figure in front of Eddie, you would be gun shy because I ain't say a word. I was just like, whatever you say, Eddie. That Tracy was still cracking jokes. I was like, this dude crack jokes in any situation. He don't give a shit. He's the real OG. He was. He really was. He was. Yeah. I, I forget what did he say. He said, "Oh, he did a tribute to Eddie on FX or something when he put his outfit on." But Tracy couldn't fit it, so his gut was hanging out. Remember, <laughs> I had your outfit on. Remember that, Eddie? And Eddie was like, "Yeah, I remember that." He said, "Y'all looked at my fiance's mouth. I looked at her eyes, Eddie, and I saw her mouth go. I think I fucked up." <laughs> and I was like, I just had to sit there and I had to laugh. And I said, "This dude, that's just, that's that's the epitome of what Tracy is to me. It's just any situation because I was really, I was like." He's fearless in a sense, right? Tracy's fearless in a way, right? I mean, he. Yeah, I I, I agree yeah. with that. That's his. Yeah. That's his uh, thing that I go. I just it, I just marvel at. It's his fearless. Right. I mean, I've been in pitch meetings with him where he pitching and he's just he's saying stuff that I go, "What the fuck? What are you doing?" But <laughs> <laughs> he has people cracking up because he's going there. He right. just he just goes there wow. in any situation. You know what I'm saying? And that's. That's, That's the way he's always been, right? In a sense, like yeah. I, just, ever since I've yeah. known him, the first yeah. time I met him was at the Uptown. He had a propeller hat on, and he was doing yeah. Michael Jackson with a glove. Yeah. And I was just like, "Yo, who's this crazy dude?" And he was that dude. He was just like, "Yo, wait till you see me on HBO." I was like, "You just started. How are you?" <laughs> but that's the way he was. He, he was, was focused like, though. Yeah. 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 Definitely. And that's one of the things I, I I actually just watched this documentary, the the Black Godfather. Have you guys seen that? Yeah, that's amazing, bro. It really is, really is. I, I didn't know who that dude was. I'm like, who nobody knew who he was. <laughs> Sinbad, Sinbad told me, Sinbad's like, you need to check this out. You need to watch this, the Black Godfather. And I, and he's like, I didn't know who he was. Like, Sinbad said the same thing. I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's an interesting point because it, what I'm what I'm seeing is is that all the stories of him were about him being fearless, and when he would just when he would say this is what needs to be done, people responded, and so I'm finding that if you're clear, and that's one thing I really like. This whole week I'm so inspired after watching that, where like you know we, Heather and I were just talking about a project, and we're like we need to be specific because he was even saying, well, you map map out where you're trying to go, and then you start to really focus on I'm, I'm determined to get there and which ways can I get get there and then don't be afraid to tell people because when you think of the dynamic of someone telling you uh, what you want um, and what you want to do it's different from asking and saying this is what I want to do and, right. and it's a tremendous and as a tremendous uh, I think power when you when you walk in your own space and, and you're not afraid to say either it matches here or it doesn't but this is what I want to do and and not be um not well, as be comics though do you always have a focus like like mark or my when you started did you see did you visualize the outcome or do you took the right steps did you take the right steps to get you in that direction 
were you always planning your steps or were you just like, this is what I have to do blindly. I don't know how it's going to go, but I have to do this. When I, was I think it's a combination for me anyway. I can only speak for myself. I think, uh, I, you know, I, I just hit the stages as much as I could to get better because that's what that's what I, I saw my mentors doing. And, and in terms of writing, I just try to do the same thing. You know what I'm saying? Just mm -hmm. keep focused on that writing, keep uh, study as much as I can, read as many scripts as I can. You know what I'm saying? Just just keep focusing on that so I can get better and better. So it's just, it's the same thing. It's just you keep working at it. You keep working your craft until you get to a point where you're confident enough. Right. And I think that's the major thing I see in comedy is I think once comics flip that switch of confidence, right? Uh, you could do you could do almost anything, and you see that with uh, a lot of comics. Once they get that confidence, it's like I remember somebody telling me that uh, when I first started. They was like, "Man, you funny, but once you believe you funny, you're gonna be right. you're gonna be it's a, a different, it's a bad difference dude." And the... it's, it's just about confidence, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I think that goes for writing. I think that goes for acting. I think that goes for anything you're doing. You know, right. you got that confidence. People believe in you. You know what I'm saying? Right. They just go, "Oh, yo, he, he know yeah, what he yeah, does." Yeah, when he walks in the room, he damn, I'm a fucking, I'm a fucking Man, something about his present. It's about you knowing yourself and, and being confident in yourself. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I think that's, uh, that's... You were saying something, Felicia? I was just saying, like, everybody wants to buy how that feels. Like, that's what we want. We want to feel it. We want to walk away with it. We want to run into that cat that makes you have that. You know, everybody wants that feeling. So if somebody's walking around knowing that they've got what it is and they're talking all that junk, Everybody wants a little, everybody wants that feeling. We want to spark on that. We want to light on that. Like you leave the house and you think, if I hit this place, hit this, hit that, hit that, I might run into that person that I'm looking for that's got that spark. And you're looking for them. You're looking for them. Like, I wonder if they're going to open mic or I wonder if they're going to, you know, you just want it. You know, yeah. I, when I first started, I had, I remember I was very specific. I knew exactly what rooms I wanted. I knew exactly what TV credits I wanted. And I, and I had a list and I landed everything I wanted. I think the difference was is that I, I ended up with so many complex situations um, once I got in that I didn't, I didn't think about. And I wasn't like, you, you start getting things that can detract from what you're supposed to do, which is, you know, sometimes uh, in the politics of a, of a show or, you know, different things that just kind of keep pulling you off. But I, I think it's important to set goals, but I do, but it's taken me a long time because I had a lot of, I had so much confidence when I finally got into my zone when I first started. Um, and then I realized that I think years later, it took me, it was, it took me just recently when I did this dry bar special um, that I did, I actually was so scared when I taped. And I remember Pam was there every time I ever taped any show, Pam was there and I'd be so scared before I'd tape. But I remember talking to Tony Woods and I once asked him, I said, well, do you ever, um, do you know exactly what you're going to do on that stage? And he said, I, you know, me and Greer, we kind of do like, we know where we're going to go but we don't know exactly where, uh, where we're going to go, you know? Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. and, and we, but we trust ourselves. And when I did that, I did this last, it's my first kind of bigger taping with the dry bar thing and coming back into comedy. And I, I literally had to, to, to emulate some other people's behavior before the show and say, either I can like, when I did any of the tapings before and I taped with like Dave was on my show, he was never a jittery, nauseous mess. He was calm and precise. And so, you know, as a role modeling, you say like, you know, can I be calm 
comics I look up to, they're calm and they're precise. And they might, you know, cause when I, and then I saw comics who were like, well, here's my 10 jokes and I moved that one to here. And then they panic cause this joke went there and they didn't, you know, you can't get into a zone. So like the guys I always looked up to, which was like Greer Barnes, Tony was Dave Chappelle. Those three guys would always have a very calm trust, trusting themselves state. And I was, I was talking to Heather about this the other day. It's like, I can lean into fear or I can emulate those that I look up to and hold myself as a professional and say, I'm gonna, I wanna hit these marks and as, more than I wanna hit these jokes. And that was the best taping I, I, have, I think I've ever done because I let go of trying to put myself in a creative box of saying, I'm gonna do these jokes in this order and this way and blah, blah, blah. I just threw it out the window and said, this is another show. So I'm finding that like trusting yourself, even if you have to do the meditation to trust yourself, even if to find people you look up to, 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 to lean on, listen to, listen to things that inspire you. And once you convince people, like, like Mark's saying, once you convince people that you have, um, you have that confidence, uh, even if sometimes you don't, like the fake it till you make it, you just go in there and just try to, you know, like, like that story of Tracy's inspiring. So well, I mean, as a spectator, though, as a spectator watching behind the scenes, I, one thing I've always enjoyed was watching a comic just grow. You know what I mean? Like being able to see that happen is amazing. It's amazing because you see when they they are scared or they are afraid, and then you see levels and levels. But it's year, it's work. You know, it's not like uh, a overnight sensation type of thing. You know, but it's it's work, and you can see the progress over the years. And then next thing you know, they're like, oh my god, they have this light. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like boom. You're like a Jedi, you know, like when Luke, when Yoda's like, dude, you got to work a little bit. You got to, and, right. and you know, Luke is like, nah, I'm good. I'm good. You know, let me go. But it's over the years, you just have that confidence and that, that, that light about and the natural humor just comes out of you, you know? So it's like when, when you come into the room, comics, just like, and the comics comic, you know, it's like people know what you got. You, you got your arsenal, you got your, your, your life experience, you got everything with you and it just oozes, you know? Funny, I was talking with Heather about that, about tap dancing, you know, just huffing, cause she's in there, she's in there working and working and working and working. And it's like, and then sometimes we get, we get a note or something and then we start to put ourselves in this place of like, cause you're in the middle of the growth as opposed to what, what, what you're working for. And it was funny cause I was like, look, I was one of those comics that nobody, when I first started, I got booed everywhere. So I had people having to protect, like I have guys that, that I love to death because they protected me because I got booed off of like every, every stage. And Mo, you're probably one of the main people because you were there when every, I was booed every single time. And you, I don't remember, I don't remember being, you being booed all the time now. All the time. And you were just, you literally were just like, just keep getting back up. And so like, there are guys that I remember and I was telling, I was saying to Heather, I think yesterday, I was like, there are guys that I remember, I was like, damn, they've been terrible for like eight years, 10 years. And then you come back at like 12 years, you're like, wow, they're killing. They just had a, a, a their style. Yeah. They couldn't click into their style. And then there's some guys I've seen, they still doing the same shit 20 years ago. Yeah. So, yeah. So, <laughs> I see some guys, I, I ain't gonna say no names, but I've seen some comments still doing shit that they did 2000, 2000. I was like, damn, you still doing that same shit? Mm-hmm. I want to say that, but... I, <laughs> You know, it's 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 a matter of being able to grow and 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 fall on your face, get back up. 
Yeah. Mark, do you have any people that inspired you as, as like write, as a writer or a scripts that you were inspired that made you like comedies that made you want to be a writer or, or just a comedy writer or like, you know, what, uh, take that path? For me, um, even though Spike is not a comedy writer, Spike Lee, oh, uh, like, do the right thing, inspired me uh, yeah. to write. That's the first time I attempted to write was watching him. And, it, it, and, and I think that's what, seeing Spike do what he did in terms of film, uh, and mm -hmm. I think is why it's so important to have representation, uh, mm -hmm. to have black people writing or whoever, Spanish, Indian, whatever, you see somebody that looks like you doing it, it, it gave me validation that I could do it. You know, I was right. like, oh, Mike's doing it, I could do it. You know what I'm saying? Why can't I do it? So um, that gave me the inspiration, man. I, and I, I, I love the way Spike does his thing. He stays Brooklyn. He's just like, no, you know, he never sold okay. out. He never sold no, it out. No. He always stayed. Don't go to Hollywood. You don't take no notes. He let you. <laughs> that's him. You know what I'm saying? But I, I love that about him. I'm saying yeah. very. And that's his, he's, he's got. He's in his own. He's in his confidence. He's like, this is what I. This is what I do. You know, take it or leave it. Mm. Yeah. So is there anything that personally inspires you, like places you got to go to write that you feel that are, you know, that are, uh, that help you with your zone? Are there any things that help you get into the writing? So now you're, now you're trapped with the pandemic, but. Yeah, no, I, I, no, I, I never had any place specific. I used to go to coffee shops and be like, yo, I got to get this way and I got to do this. And, and, and I think it, when you first start, you kind of like, you want it to be perfect. And as I've grown as a writer, I've learned that, you know what I'm saying? It ain't gotta be perfect. Just write, you know what I'm saying? Just write, because uh, I've learned that you gotta trust your instincts. Uh, most of the time I, I trust my instincts and I'm like, usually I'm usually right with my instincts. So it's like, just write in, even if you write a bunch of stuff and none of it works, but maybe one scene works and it sparks something, uh, you can you can you can create a whole script around it, man. So it's mm -hmm. like sometimes you just gotta keep writing just to find it, you know. Mm -hmm. So uh, and, and and being on, uh, I'm also a writer on set at the last OG. That's you know I I you start to discover you think and you know when I first started I thought like whatever you write that's exactly what they're gonna say it, and it that's not like that. As soon as we started season one, my first day on set they were like. Jordan Peele looked at me. He's like, Yo, Mark, this first scene I don't think we're gonna be able to say that. So come up with some alts. So we could change it. And I was like, oh, okay. You would be with some I got a little bit nervous, but at, at the same time, I wasn't that nervous because for years I've been working with Tracy and when we go to talk shows, we'll change stuff up to the time he's ready to go on stage. He's like, yo, why don't we do this? So we always in that flow of changing stuff and, and, and switching around. You'll try this joke, this is funny. And, and Tracy will try anything on TV, in a special, he'll do it. I mean, he just, he just does it. So it was easy for me to do that. It was like, it was like everything Jordan asked me to do, I've been doing with Tracy already. So it was kind of like, oh, okay, I could do this. So it's, right. and I've been doing that since. So it's, 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 uh, it's pretty, pretty cool. It's, 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 a, it's just something that you, sometimes you don't know what you're getting trained for. It's like, oh, I've been, I've been doing this for a while. I'm like, hey, I just gotta relax and just do it. So, hey, you think you're gonna do a Larry David one day? A Larry, what do you mean? Like <laughs> oh, have your own show? Have your own show. I, I would love to have my own yeah. show. Because <laughs> yeah. Larry David was that writer, right? He was that guy that was. Yeah, he was. He was yeah. on SNL. Yeah. And he, uh, 
He's just hilarious, man. That dude is just, I mean, what, 10 seasons out of that? Yeah, I mean, uh, shit, man. With JB. From that. Yeah, from that. I mean, JB took off from that, too. Yeah, JB I mean, took off on he's that. He's hysterical man. on that show. Oh, JB's freaking. And we just had oh, him this last season on The Last OG, which is like oh, man, one of my favorite comedians. So, to oh, be able to work with him, it's awesome. Wow. Absolutely yeah. awesome. And you remember back in the Boston days, you got that whole lineup. It was like everybody. Crazy. It's crazy, dude. Shit, man. I was Sunday nights was absolutely insane. <laughs> it was insane. Uh, and they had some God. great comics that came through there, as, as you oh, know. Oh, man. Oh, yeah, my God. Great. And then even on the weekend, I used to work the weekend, <laughs> then work on Sundays. So I know, weekend, man. It'd be like Patrice and Reggie McFadden. <laughs> It's like just watching them. I was just like, "Damn, damn!" <laughs> I need to write. <laughs> and they come on and do time over. They'd be like, "Man, I'm, I'm up here." And they'd be out doing each other. And the trees would be doing like forty minutes, and <laughs> you dare you to put the light on? <laughs> like I'm not lighting. I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not lighting. <laughs> so it was a uh, yeah. It was it was a great time to watch comedy, man. It was uh, uh, it was man. What do you think about comedy today, though? Like, what do you think about the younger comics? I think they're just, it's the same. It's, it might be different jokes, but it's the same. It's the same, man. It's but the, do you think they have to work as hard, though? Like, the, you know, I mean, because they have so many outlets. They have YouTube. They got all these different outlets yeah, I mean, that won't allow them to write as much. I don't, I don't know. I mean, people say that, but you got to think about it. Uh, it's just because it's different doesn't mean it's not as challenging. You know what I'm saying? Could To come up with the the YouTubes and the uh, all that stuff, that takes a skill set. It might not be mm-hmm. like from my generation, it wasn't our skill set because we just didn't have it. So uh, mm-hmm. we had to just get on stage and do our thing. Now I will say that some of the people that are on Instagram and YouTube might not be as good live performers because I've right. seen them that just, you know, but they they aren't, it's not because they can't be, it's just that they they're not working that muscle you understand what i'm saying yeah. so it's like it's like it's like hey mark if somebody gave me an ig account and said yo come up with a whole bunch of videos now i could probably come up with something <laughs> but it's i'm not going to be as sharp as they are because that's what they've been doing you know what i'm saying right. so so it's just it's just a different skill set and i think i think if they if, if you if you're funny you're gonna be funny you know what i'm saying right um, right no yeah. i know i i always saw it as uh i i mean it's a great instant gratification but i'm from that old school where you just see guys work so hard i know i know i, I agree it, yeah it, you know for so many years they go to montreal remember when going to montreal you get a deal or you go to aspen and i mean that was your inspiration right. but whatever it was you you worked long i mean i think it's shorter distance but i don't see a lot of the younger comics having that material and life experiences some of the comments are coming up. Nothing quite like someone yelling, boo, you suck. That is true. We would do that at different times. Right. At, at the Uptown Comedy Club, it, the other comics used to heckle you, which was- Yeah, yeah, they would the heckle crowd. you. It was the comics. It was like, dude, I just shook your hand. <laughs> To us, to- some of the funniest <laughs> stories where Tony Woods's mother would boo people. And really? She'd be like, "She just ain't funny." <laughs> <laughs> no. 
gangster. I'm serious. She almost got me in the You know what? Tony's mom is hysterical, man. He should have been a comedian. That woman She's is funny. She's funny. <laughs> I, I got to give him that. She, yeah. she's you remember uh, who was funny as a host? Cortez? Remember Cortez? Yeah, yeah Cortez. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Did not want to bomb in front of Cortez. <laughs> Good Lord. Cortez was the best. <laughs> best. He would have the whole crowd. And it wasn't even, he wouldn't rank on you. He'd just make you feel bad about yourself. He'd, be, he'd just get on the mic and be like, well, he told me he was funny, but he let us down. And the whole crowd would be like, he let us down. <laughs> he'd just be standing there like, oh, I let them down. <laughs> uh, what was it? Capone. Capone was was the warm up for one of the Apollos that I did. And I'm upstairs getting my makeup and he's literally got people going, he's literally got people going, boo. Now everybody stand up and go, boo, and, and like arrow you off to say, I'm like, what? Are <laughs> <laughs> you supposed to like warm them up for and, <laughs> and you know, that's bad. And the warm up is bad. You in trouble. <laughs> you. And I'm like, what is he doing? And then you take it all personal. He knew I was upstairs. He knew I was on the line. <laughs> all this drama. It was like, he would warm you up. They would warm up the crowd, like just to practice. They're like, like their lips weren't moist to, to just boo. Yeah, that was, the, that was the most nervous I've been on doing a TV show was uh, the Apollo because they- Damn, they, they don't play. They, and they air your shit too. Yeah. They would air it. Yeah, they aired it with the boo and all. <laughs> they, boo, they boo you on a TV show. They'd be like, it's a TV. We're, we're taping. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> Explain that to someone. Just like, well, they bring you. I'm like, not if you're a, a, a paid guest. You're paid. You're a paid guest. They pay you. You're a special guest. Yeah. And, I, and they don't do like, next. Uh. <laughs> they could care. You get the Sandman, too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. He come. <laughs> yeah, he come after you, too. They used to, to um, they used to on the Apollo. If you got booed while you're doing your as a paid comic, they would still air it, which I was know. messed up. So, so yeah. Keith Robinson was like, "Yo, look, if you if you doing bad, you got to curse that crowd out." <laughs> oh, that, that way they, crowd, <laughs> they won't air it. You know what I'm saying? That's, That's smart. That's smart. Patrice did that. Patrice went up there and they started booing. He cursed them, mother. <laughs> That's hilarious. I didn't know that one because I remember when I first went on and booed Artie and they aired it. Yeah, they'll air it. They're, they would used to air it. You like, have to curse them out. That's smart. Yeah, curse them out and they can't air it. It's just like, yeah, they can't air it. So it's just Fuck like, all y'all. <laughs> That's hilarious. Great. You got <laughs> That's a good one. Oh, man. That was, uh, but that's actually. That's actually been like, those are really great memories. But I think that that like a, like a booing audience really will help you. I remember I had friends that were like mainstream comics and they were never really that strong. And you'd say like, you know, get in front of, just get in front of an audience. They'll give you a response. Cause sometimes you go to some of these rooms and they're so pristine and everyone's so polite and nobody will like some of these rooms are super white. They just will not, they won't respond because they feel bad. So they like applaud and then you never know you suck. Right. <laughs> and so- <laughs> Nobody knows anything. <laughs> you know, it's the strangest thing. I've been in rooms and, and they're like, oh, this is the hardest, the hard. I'm like, this isn't a hard room. You guys won't boo because you're afraid someone knows somebody. 
I was heckled out here actually by a host, by the host at the Black Comedy Room, because he went on stage and read my credits and said, I don't believe you, you're lying. These are not your credits. I don't believe you. And he's like, Monique is my aunt. I said, well, call your aunt. <laughs> it's, a, it's a very strange city, but no one, no one will give you the signal of go home and write some more. Because really that's what it means is go home and write some more. You know? I think New York comic, I think being in a comic in New York, coming out of New York is one of the hardest, hardest, you know, like just in total, like the whole city. Being a New York comic, you are strong. You got to be strong, you know, because it, it's just it's unforgiving if you if you if you suck. I just call know? those notes. Those are notes. <laughs> them as notes, you know, like okay, yeah. that didn't work because I've been out in LA and nobody responds on like when you think that something should work. And I remember being out here for so long, and then I went back home and I'm like, you know, I get I get like the laughs around something, but there are a couple lines that I thought were really good. You know, and then I went back to New York and boom, it just, it opened up because the, the minds are different. And I was talking to Coco Brown and Coco was like, it's just, it's just LA. Cause people are so, people will spend hours trying to look fly to go to a comedy club and pick up a comic that may have a deal in the next year. Like the women, like you shouldn't, like the male comics have like a whole, whole way to find out if they're the next in line because the, the hoochies will start lining up when they feel like there may be money. <laughs> spend eight hours trying to like like with the eyelashes and the, all the face twisting like this it's a lot of work and then they sit and then no one laughs because they can't because they have all this work and you know everything's all you know pushed up and tightened up so they can't really even laugh they're just there to, to catch the guy but it's a strange place where in new york people you get real people who walk in they're not trying to not trying to they're not trying to get a deal they're not trying to you know, they're, they're not trying to be in the business by being in the audience. Right. They were just in the audience. It's a different, it's well, a different. I, I remember going to some industry parties. If you, if you, you, if you don't have any credits, girls will be like, who are you? Excuse me? Who? <laughs> <laughs> See you. <laughs> who you know? Oh, okay. <laughs> who? <laughs> what you do? Oh, okay. Yeah, it's For real. <laughs> I think, I think if they do too much work, you should be suspicious as men. You should be suspicious. There's, they're not that bright out here. They're just like, then like the guys are like, oh, look at her. She's, she loves me. It's like, can you not like, there's a whole layout of women that come from all over the world just to, just to find some guy who's doing well so they can clamp onto him. And, and, you know, so it's, it's just, it's, it's a crazy thing out here. I've never yes. In New York, I was always mad at you guys. I'd be like, oh, you guys, these women, you're just taking advantage of them and they don't know. And out here, I'm the opposite. I'm like, these poor guys, they have one <laughs> <laughs> for the trap. This is terrible. I gotta <laughs> have a talk. I need to make sure they're. <laughs> but Mark, you've always been such a stable guy. You've always been like, for real. Like, that's the one thing that um, my, the thing I always like best about you is that you, you've always just been someone who's been level headed like not not someone who's kind of off the wall. yeah man what why are you not an asshole mark you always a nice guy what the fuck man no man I, I'm, <laughs> waiting, I'm waiting till next year i'm gonna turn it over when i get <laughs> where are you originally from are you originally a new yorker yeah i am i'm from brooklyn i'm from brooklyn, brooklyn bk that's right okay that's right baby that's it <laughs> 
No, but that's why, man, I, I just always have such an admiration and respect for you, man, because you always came with professional attitude, everything about you, man, like just spot on, man. Like, that's and not that much, too, because like he hangs with like the responsible comedians. I don't know, all of them, all the comedians that ended up being like my closer circle, all are like, they're brilliant, but they're all like, <laughs> you know. <laughs> No, you always had your shit together on that though, man. Like really, you you come, you work, boom, boom, you hang out a little bit, and you'd be like, listen, I got I got shit to do. I gotta get home. Except 30 minutes of crying in fetal position daily. Yes. <laughs> we're all able to recognize. The crying jokes. Yeah. <laughs> I still feel that I'm gonna sit down at 1215 tomorrow and be like, yeah. <laughs> You work your core at the same time. It's awesome. So it's oh, really well, good. Yeah, but I, I try to just, I try to be, man, uh, as level-headed as I possibly can. And I think you got, that's that's the way, I mean, you can't you can't get too high, can't get too low. That's what I try to do. You know what I'm saying? Even if I get great news, I'd be like, all right, that's great. But then you get bad yeah. news. Okay, it's bad. But I try to stay as level as I can. You know what I'm yeah. saying? There's going to be ups and downs in this business, man. It's like, it's cross country. I used to run cross country. It's a, it's a long race, man. It's like a marathon. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's, not, yeah. it's not quick. So and, you gotta you gotta stay level headed. Any tips yeah. on that on that patience uh, note for for others? <laughs> you gotta you gotta be patient, man. You gotta be <laughs> I mean shoot. I was I mean I remember I was uh I was doing cruise ships, man, and me and Todd started doing cruise ships in 20, really? 2010. And everybody was telling us, yo, kid. That's like the Bermuda Triangle of entertainment, <laughs> son. You're going. You once you on the cruise ship, you done. <laughs> I was so nervous, like, I was like oh. but I had to because my wife was pregnant. I, my son was on his way. I had, you know, I had to make money, and I wasn't right. making as much money doing the clubs as I could on the cruise ships, and I wasn't doing colleges like I was used to. So I was like, yo, I'm gonna do these cruise ships, man, and see where it leads me, and uh. Thank goodness it gave me it gave me an opportunity. And sometimes stuff that you don't think is good for you, which I didn't think the cruise ships were necessarily good for me. You gotta make it, you gotta make lemon lemonade out of lemons. You know what I'm saying? What I did was when I was on cruise ships, I had a lot of downtime in between shows. I did a lot of reading and I did a lot of writing. And mm -hmm. that led me to to getting where I got it had to go in terms of writing. So it it's you know, if you use the time, sometimes everything ain't that you think is not good for you is something that maybe you need to go through to get you mm. where you got to go. And that's the way I look at it. Like, mm. you know, sometimes you get rejected. Like, you know, when Eddie turned that movie down, I was, man, I was disappointed, but I was not discouraged. Cause I was like, at least I got in the room. I was with yeah. Eddie, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. 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 Movie, yeah. But I saw his house, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so I was like, I'm close, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Let me, keep, let me keep grinding and see if I can get something else. You know what I'm saying? That's what's up, brother. I, yes. Yes, man. Sounds yes, like that D word, you know? D-T-E-R-D-E, determination. Right. That Discipline. That's the Discipline. one. Discipline. Yes. Discipline. Yeah. Discipline. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, try to, I just try to be positive, man, because I think sometimes when, you, when you're positive, you attract people that are positive as well. So, yeah, I think it works that way. Well, in my experience, anyway. So, that's oh man, Malik, man, it's it's been a pleasure having you, brother. Yeah, man, it's been cool. You know, man, I'm I'm glad you came. Uh, you know, 
you you caught the time. I was worried. I was like, damn it, did something happen to this brother? Yeah, my son. Because uh, I'm like, this Mark son. is usually like pretty. I'm like, yes, damn. I been early on. <laughs> I'm like, is he brushing us off here? Oh you know, shit! You know what I was watching. Um, I was watching. What's the new show? This may I may kill. What is it? I may. It's the new HBO show, The Girl from England. All this may destroy me. This may destroy you. I was watching. I got caught up in that damn show. It's really good. Wow. I, I, oh uh, man. Yeah, no. She she uh she's on she's on she's uh, I was I'm fascinated by her writing. So I was like, yeah, I was watching it like, oh <laughs> I, I gotta finish the Ozarks, man. I, I gotta Ozarks I gotta finish that's yeah, that's real, that's real nasty. That's, that's, and, that's uh, darkness. Another one on Netflix, uh Mindy Capelin did that uh oh gosh. I cannot remember the name. I just watched it last week. I was blown away. There's a lot of good TV out there right oh, now. Mendez, you say? Yeah. Um, what is the name? Hold on a second. I'm going to get the name for you right now because I got to I got to shout this out because it was it was really fascinating. It's I, a series? It's a series? It's a series on uh, mm -hmm. Netflix. What, hmm. what was the other that one that he's talking about, Heather? What was that one about, you were saying? Um, the the HBO? Oh, the story with it because she had she had gone to because she's already worked with Netflix so much and had other deals with Netflix that she took the show to Netflix and they weren't gonna going to give her any of the copyright and she wanted five percent of her copyright to maintain to hold it and they said no they don't do that yeah. and uh she said so she said to the one executive on the phone she, she said I went down to 0.5 percent and they still said no and she said to the executive, I'm not, I, I'm, I can't do this. This is wrong. Like, I want part of this. And she said, the woman said to her, you're doing the right thing. I'm sorry. This is how we do it here, though. And she wow. left and she went to the BBC and the BBC said, okay. They gave her everything that she wanted. Yep. Wow. Everything that wow. she wanted. Everything she wanted. And then wow. more. And then wow. HBO partnered with BBC and now it's on HBO. Wow. That's a great story. I didn't know that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, she stuck to her guns. Damn. Which is yeah. awesome. And, wow, I mean, that's like Rocky Balboa, huh? Yeah. Stories like that. So it's a it's a great story. It was a, wow. a survivor story, right? That she had something that people were what was that a sexual assault? A sexual yeah, assault. sexual assault that she's going through. It's it's uh yeah, it was good. I I got up to episode two before I was like, wait a minute, what time is it? <laughs> 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 Well, that you came in and you made it. Yeah. It's I'm, glad I, I'm glad I, I, I got a chance to talk to you guys, man. So it's, uh, but how's everybody else doing in the quarantine? I always reach out to friends to see how everybody's doing. I'm like, what you, how man, if I can't jump rope anymore, I'm fucking dead, bro. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm, damn. Yeah, I quit drinking. I mean, shit, man. It's like, wow. I'm dealing with real emotions over here. <laughs> You look can't good. Pain no more than Basabi. You can't numb it. <laughs> I'm no more that club dude that drink all night and do blow all night and party. I'm oh, just yeah. like, yeah, I'm boring now. Shit, man. You look great. <laughs> I'm in love. Where do we sign up? <laughs> <laughs> and personally, um, Heather and I have been. She was. She's the person who I worked on my old film with. So we've been writing and writing and writing, and we. We actually locked into the pandemic with just working on film edits for another project. And then we just had, we just wrote so many different show pitches and scripts. And uh, it's, it's actually been super helpful to, cause I was on the road 
uh, and, and, and being able to just lock down and say, okay, now it's time to just get in and all those pitches and all those writing, all that scripts and those uh, unfinished projects, right. uh, take them on. And it's just like, I've, it's been almost like a relief because you don't feel like you're chasing everything. And then everyone is also looking to reinvent because everyone's looking for some new way of how can you continue on a project while no one knows how long they're going to be locked up. I know. It's, so, it's... so it's been kind of inspiring to think, well, maybe there's a, maybe there's that little extra shot to break through and catch up and, uh, and get some projects out there. So for me, it's just, it's just been an actual amazing, like creative time to just take on everything that you know, just chasing down mics, uh, I was too tired to do, you know? Right. Yeah, this is, a, yeah, this is opportunity. You know what I'm saying? I mean, if we're locked up, but make the best, like I said, make lemonade, link some lemonade out of yeah, it. Yeah, man, that's right. Eat that's something right. while you're home, you know what I'm saying? So that's right. You might as well. Yeah, and Felicia's got this new amazing storytelling. Uh, what, what would you call that? It's a podcast, but it's oh, the audio drama, the flash fiction audio drama. I am so in love with this project. I'm like a monster for these short stories. I don't know where they come from. The character latches on and, you know, the writing, the discipline, I'm just going crazy with it. I kind of feel a little insane, you know, how it is when you're in a hyper creative mode. So I have to constantly pull myself back down and be like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, you know, but I feel like I'm a monster for each word and I just get in there and, and uh, audio drama flash fiction audio drama that's my thing that i coined and i love it plug it and everyone can look look it up faces on the train faces on the train you know those little interactions you just don't know the story unless somebody breaks mm. down the narrative and they break themselves down and they jump in my head it's so crazy no i'm, I'm all right I'm, I'm, you know i'm fortunate like we eat every day we sleep every day and nobody's sick mm. how about that's, that's a podcast yeah, it's a podcast. <laughs> Faces on the train. Faces on the train. Faces on the train, yeah. Really? But wait, it's wait. It's a commitment. <laughs> so yeah. is it just you telling a story or you got somebody else on the show? I'm doing all the audio and I'm doing the... Actually, I have an audio editor. I have a creative director, Will Walker. I have um, some original music. You know, it's always nice to pull people in, especially because we're all bored and cooped up and oh, artists right. don't sit still, sit still well. Like everybody's kind of a little short bus having to sit still. And so you're either, you know, so uh, I'm doing all the writing and I'm doing all the narration and then I send it over to the editing desk and then Mary Evans pulls through for me with the edits. And I think I'm like 30 or 30, 35, almost 30 something in already. Wow. With these wow, pieces. That's a, that's, wow. wow, that's awesome. It's crazy. It's intense. It's kind of grueling. I've been, you know, rolling my sleeves up. I think it's called Discipline, yeah, that's what's called discipline. It feels a little bit like vomiting, but not quite. It actually feels good once you get used to it. That's our word today, discipline. Characters come in your sleep, they start screaming at you and you have to write them out. Exactly. <laughs> Faces on the train, check it out. You know, it's streaming. It's Anchor is where I launched it and Anchor, Apple, oh, it's podcast, it's there. Eight minutes, of commitment. Eight minutes, that's it. Heather, how is your pandemic going? I already spoke to on, on the half of getting tie, tying you into writing more. <laughs> and no, no, it's been, um, yeah, I think it's been healthy for me. <laughs> that sounds terrible. <laughs> sounds really bad, but I think it's been, but, but for me, creatively, I've just had time to do things I didn't have time to do before. And it's allowing me to play catch up. 
that I needed, that I really needed, you know, with my dancing and everything. So it's, it's been good. It's, you know, some things are very tough, like not being able to see people, you like family members and stuff that you want to see. And, um, that's the hardest thing for me is not being able to see my parents, but, um, soon, soon. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, but everybody's good. Her, her, the neighbors that are below the tap floor are not having a good pandemic. Not as good as the other. <laughs> There's a war between the neighbors and um, Heather's tap time, and she's porting people from New York, like amazing people to like to to study with. So it's kind of it's, it's been a little hilarious. But Pam, how are your how's your uh, pandemic time going? It's going fine, you know. I'm here by myself, me and my dogs. I get to go see my daughter from Camp Camp, my grandson. So, yeah, good. You, have, you have a grandson, okay. Yeah. Okay. I got a little genius. He's a little genius. Okay. He's a comedian, can't help it. <laughs> get him in the business. Well, you know, like, I don't understand the people that are bored. Like, I don't have, like, I haven't watched that much TV. I have 5,000 things I could do. Like, I don't understand getting totally bored. Like, there's a lot of people that are bored and just complain about being bored. And I don't, like, there's so many things you can do. Wow. There's not that, you don't know any of those people who you really should be calling them like, are you still there? Are you alive? Is anybody home? And they're just sitting there kind of like, oh my God. I, I do, I do know people like that. And I don't, I don't yeah. understand, like. I'm not one. I'm not somebody who's like, it's who's been bored yet. I haven't been bored yet. You, you are boring though. No, no, don't you. I am. I'm messing with you, Heather. You know I love you. No, you mess with old Heather. <laughs> for any of <laughs> Well, in closing, guys, we got to close up. We got to get Mark back on the, uh, get Mark back to, back to watching his TV show. <laughs> son needs his phone back. I, I was going to say that and get the son back his phone. So he can get back his phone. Uh, Mark, yeah. any closing things? I, we appreciate you tonight, man, and we love having you, man. And you, uh, you, you're you're a great comedian, bro, and just inspiration to me, you know. So, thank you, man. Oh, yeah, no doubt, no doubt, man. We got. Um, I would promote some, but I ain't got really nothing to promote um, <laughs> other than. Oh, well, you can watch the last OG on um, Netflix, season one and two. Season three right now is on TBS. And in December, it'll, it'll go to Netflix. Uh, so check it out, man. And we waiting now for season four. We, you know, this pandemic is kind of holding everything up in Hollywood. So we are waiting to see what's going on with season four. But man, check it out. Season three, we got Tracy, J.B. Smoove, Tiffany Haddish, uh, Alan Maldonado, uh, John Amos. We got Cat Williams in oh, season I love three. that show, bro. It was a, it's a, uh, it's, it was a fun time, man. It was a great time. So check it out, man. If you haven't seen it, Last OG on TBS. All right, brother, man. All right. You're an Everybody, y'all take, take care and stay safe, man. Stay Thank safe. You. All right. Thank you. You too, brother. Thank you. You too. Take care. Good night. Good night. And All right, John. Grace is on the train. Grace <laughs> is on the train. <laughs> That was cool. I love Mark. That was awesome. Yeah. That was awesome. Yeah. I like the last OG. It's hilarious. JB oh, Smith it, is ridiculous. Crazy. Yeah. He's what? crazy. He plays um Tracy's mother's boyfriend, JB Smooth. Oh, oh, he's funny. Okay. Funny. Yeah. He's funny. Yeah. Well, I think also too, when you're working with like 
everybody you came up with for a long time, like is the core, it just makes it, it just gives that you that much better, right? Yeah. Better. Yeah. Much, that much better. Well, anything, uh, ladies, that you want to talk about before we uh, uh, pull the curtain in? Anything? Until the sun comes up. <laughs> no, I'm good. Anything, yeah. Mm, I got nothing. Got nothing. Yeah. I know. Yeah. No closes. What? You know what it is is that we we like everybody's running. I think we've been doing so much right now. There's yeah. so much going on that it's just it's just it's crazy out there. Just be careful out there for real. Yeah. yeah. Can't wait to okay. see you guys again next time. Okay. I know. Okay. okay. Tuesday. Sounds like she wanted to say something positive before we close because she's like, "There's nothing else that we're." She was. Prepared. <laughs> oh, we're not gonna do our our moments of. Yeah, we're supposed to do our moments. Our moments. Well, I could say, you know, guys, I really enjoy you and I love you, you know. So, um, yeah. We love you Pam, okay. we love you too, Mo. Okay. Pam, come on, Pam, you want to say something? What I want to say. No, not really. I could identify with Felicia with being disciplined. And um, today I was reading something called, um, what did she say was? permission granted sometimes we hold back from doing things waiting for permission for other people we would have permission if you want to do it just do it no mm. one is stopping us permission granted mm. i love that permission on, granted on that note okay shit let's get let's get them moving shit, it's, have it's you on. anything what? any any moment of of oh of, well um, um well pertaining to what we were talking about earlier um with with the discipline and working and crafting, um, I was thinking of something that someone had, Ted Levy, a tap dancer had said in a thing. And he said, um, you can't, and I think it applies to everything. You can't, you have to go in the room with who you are. Don't go in the room looking for a step. And I think that applies across, like you can't go on stage looking for a laugh. You just gotta go on a stage with who you are. And you can't go onto a stage when you're acting looking for the cry, you just have to go on with who you are. And whether you're walking into a business meeting or you're walking, or I'm walking into Florida tap, it's the same, the same principle. And it was something I had to like remind myself of today as I was silently flogging myself for my mm. horrible dancing. I was like, you need to stop and just, <laughs> this is not about you. <laughs> and you just need to step on the floor. Um, yeah. Okay. So. I like that. I like that too. Just going okay. with All right, team. Hey, I might have something profound. You want to add anything? Right, Felice. Felice. <laughs> she's she's going to co-sign. All right, guys. I love you guys all. And it's just inspiring. And thanks for um, coming together again for another My Favorite People, a touchy. All right. Everybody. All right, yeah. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night.